speak to you in the name of the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. I'm C.J. Thomas Smith, and many of you know I am a religious down the road with uh, my wife and our two daughters, and I'm honored to be speaking with you this morning. I think that today's readings have a lot to do with what is really important in our lives and how easy it is to miss the point. Paul's letter to the church at Philippi was written from his prison cell, probably in Ephesus. Paul was often in prison as his message could offend the Jewish authorities, the Roman authorities, or even wayward Christian communities and missionaries. The backdrop of Paul's imprisonment gives extra context and color to this passage. Paul wasn't doing well in prison, and word of this got back to the church of Philippi. The Philippians put together a prayer package of gifts and money for Paul and sent a man named Epaphroditus with these gifts to Paul in prison. This is a long and difficult journey from Philippi and Macedonia to Ephesus. And that involved crossing the Aegean Sea and then some 300 miles of overland travel. 200 miles for crow flies, but Epaphroditus is not a crow. And by the time he got to Paul, Epaphroditus wasn't doing well either. He was quite sick and stayed near Paul until he recovered, during which time Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians which was carried back by Ephesus. The church at Philippi, in sending Ephesus with gifts, serves as a safety net for Paul, a prisoner. Ephesus no doubt spent a lot of time with Paul, telling how things were going in Philippi. It sounds as though they were chaplains to one another. Ephesus prayed for Paul and Paul prayed for Epaphroditus. And during this time, Paul wrote this thankful yet corrective letter to the Philippians. Paul's message to us and to the church of Philippi goes to the heart of Lent. How do we become closer to God? How does God become more central to our being? How can we give Ourselves, God, for Lent. How can we remove what is in our way for Lent? The circumstance of Epaphroditus and Paul, of their care and their chaplaincy for one another, resonates for me as I recently completed five months as a chaplain intern, which is required by the ordination process at Boston Medical Center. Boston Medical Center is a safety net hospital, and I know that this is where Reverend Chris did his intern chaplaincy as well. 
DMC works at the poorest of the poor. They provide chance hospitals for many who suffer from trauma, poverty, and addiction. I worked on several occasions with prisoners. Some were lost to their bed. Some were dying. Some prayed for me, and I prayed with all of them. The guards were always in the room, and I just assumed that they needed to pray too. I cared for other patients in the hospital who weren't in the penal system at all, but were paralyzed or restrained so they couldn't pull out intravenous lines. Others on ventilators, all of them prisoners of their bodies. Others were addicted or traumatized, imprisoned in their lives. A touch, a prayer, and a compliment meant so much to all of these prisoners. So I understand this message from Paul and our reading from John where Mary of Bethany cares for Jesus on a different level than I did six months ago. Boston Medical Center's mission fulfills the prayers from the great missionary. That it might please thee to show thy pity upon all prisoners and captives, the homeless and the hungry, and all who are desolate and oppressed. Sometimes on hospital lines, we would take Louis, the ministry's therapy dog, with us to visit patients. Patients were healed in a different way when Louis laid his head down on them and looked at them with this deep understanding of the dog's eyes. And I learned from Louis that chaplaincy is easier with a dog, and chaplaincy is easier if you are a dog. I put a note in my uh, text that at this point I should pause and the Honor of Louis as Father T.A.W.S. I think that there is a lot of chaplaincy in our readings this morning. Paul is in prison. Epaphroditus is sick, and they care for one another. In our gospel from John, Jesus is tired and soon to face death, and Mary of Bethany cares for Jesus. I think that. He is in that moment his chaplain. Mary, in her care, is so focused on Jesus that she anoints his feet with a lavish amount of love, perfuming them. It is a profound act of caring, adoration, and honor. The scholar Raymond R. Brown finds Mary's act to be liturgical and biblical and prophetic a deep understanding of who Jesus is and what he means. On the internet, I find that Mars comes from a plant called Spikenard, and the homeopathic people seem to like it. They say that it makes you feel cool, comfortable, and relaxed, but it smells nice. Imagine how wonderful this moment could have been. Jesus, comforting and cool, a nice break after his journey. The fragrance fills the room. Mary means benefit to everyone. It is a moment of 
paramedics to me. Lord, among the spices used to embalm a dead person at that time, foreshadows the death of Jesus, but even so, the humane and worshipful folk care of Mary's act is foremost. All this takes place in the house of Lazarus, where Jesus raised from the dead, and we find ourselves at the intersection of the encounters between love and evil, and the encounter between death and resurrection. Judas, in contrast, seems at this time to criticize the loss of the humanity that's $2,200 today, for which the knowledge could have been sold and the money given to the poor. Judas counts the loss. Paul merely finds the financial loss meaningless compared to the fact that Jesus will be in danger that he may be wrong. And she focuses on the glorification of Christ in a moment that will be one of their last visits. In other words, Judas is looking at the bottom line. Mary is looking at eternity. In some ways, Judas asks a legitimate question, but asking it in the context of this deeply wonderful moment shows that he is missing the point. And the point is Jesus. Imagine what it would be like if during the Eucharist, this big Nancy elevates the host. I were to proclaim that Jerusalem is to be rebuilt. That's what this moment with Judas was like. And don't worry, the Jews is just fine, just an example. Paul was a prisoner. Jesus approaching Jerusalem and Gethsemane may have felt imprisoned by his destiny. I think that we may have felt imprisoned by the last few years. I think that we may have been lonely and afraid that our future uncertain. Perhaps we have felt imprisoned by our yearnings, our losses, and our concerns. After two years, COVID is receding, another variant may be lurking, inflation is raging, there's a war in the Ukraine, and social media gives us daily scenes of this inexplicable destruction. For me, in this time, in these circumstances, I remember that Dietrich Bonhoeffer facing the perils of Nazi Germany, where he was eventually imprisoned and killed, always looked to a passage from Second Chronicles. We know not what to do, but our eyes are on thee. Paul's message to the Philippians and Jesus' message to Judas was, keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on the kingdom of God. Keep your eyes on eternity. Live the kingdom of God. 
But I think the real point for us is, can we be chaplains to a suffering world? Can we care for one another? Can we be safety nets for one another? In closing, as the sweet fragrance of spring starts to fill autumn, as the birds sing, and as the crocuses of new life emerge, think of today's reading from Isaiah that promises that God has saved and God will save again. The great liberation of Easter, the overcoming of oppression, and the blossoming and refreshment of the present will come. And here is the point. That no matter whether we are trapped between Sarah and the Red Sea, whether we are in prison, whether we are facing the darkest hours of our lives, and whether diseases or tyrants rage upon the earth, Easter, the safety net of Christians, happens. And we look to the time when creation is bathed in Easter light and heaven and earth are joined in God's reign. Until then, I bid you, care for one another. Be safety nets for those who have fallen. Persist in faith that it be on earth when he comes again. Amen.